Listener Production. G'day, welcome to another edition of Something Wild. We're your hosts, Josh and Angie, here to bring you some inspiration for getting into the outdoors. Yeah, sometimes it's inspiration like this week, sometimes it's skillsy sessions that come from Josh because he's actually very qualified in this space. Have the skills to pay the bills. <laughs> and sometimes it's things that you can do right here in the southwest. It's all got a southwest flavor. Josh and I live on Wadandi Budja and we bloody love it. We think this place is paradise and we're really passionate about sharing this with Everybody who's ever thought to themselves, hmm, I'd like to get out in the nature a little bit more. And this week, I want to have a little bit of a gripe. Shut up. I'm sick of your excuses. (laughs) There are so many excuses that we feed ourselves and each other that prevent us from getting outside in the nature. Josh, what were our excuses this morning for not going for a scuba dive? That we were quite comfortable in bed. (laughs) We were being lazy. Uh, We didn't have the drive to get the gear together, find a spot, go out, clean the gear, do everything else that we had to do today, responsibilities, everything. Like There were so many things that came into it and it's resulted in us coming in here to do a podcast instead of spending time outdoors. But we didn't make excuses around it. We just owned the fact that we couldn't be bothered today and we would do something else productive with our time. What we're tackling today is the excuses that people put forward for why they don't engage in the outdoors and the really simple solutions to get around those things. All right. So for me, what would put me off going for a big hike in the wilderness would be potentially getting lost. Carry with you a couple of maps, you know, download something like maps.me or... That's my favourite. That. Actually, real world example, not from the Southwest, but I was hiking with a girlfriend, shout out to Rachel. Uh, We were hiking in Colombia and we were trying to find this waterfall and we got so off track, but we had the confidence to go out and do it as as two females on our own because we had the map and we had enough new, like, what's the word? Nows. Nows, not nuance, nows about us that we were like, Oh, we've got a map, we'll be fine. We were so, so lost. Eventually found the waterfall, however, and had a great time. Well, not lost, temporarily geographically embarrassed (laughs) is what I prefer to say. That's such a man thing. Um, (laughs) Can't be lost. The thing that's good with maps.me is that you can download the area that you're going to be working in or enjoying, and you can actually get those maps still offline. So if you don't have internet access or, you know, there's no mobile phone coverage, it it won't actually hinder you. So you always have that map. What do you say about paper maps? Paper maps are great if you know how to use them. Uh, And they're the sort of things, they don't rely on the battery on your phone. You're always going to have that paper map with you so that you can find your way out of a situation. I like to have both with me. But you've mentioned with those apps, like it takes out that you turn your GPS on and it will drop a pin exactly where you are. You're no longer lost. It shows you where you are. That's the first excuse that I kind of wanted to debunk. What about injuries? Because there's a big difference between going to your first aid course and then it just being you and your mate out there in the nature with a problem. 
Well, first and foremost, you have to look at what are the injuries going to be. Like, they're most likely going to be blisters and the like. Anything that becomes more serious than that, let's say a broken leg, you're, if it's just you and I out there, you know, I'm not going to carry you for 100 Ks to get you out of there. I'm going to go to my personal locator beacon, something that we've talked about before that everyone should carry, and I'm going to call for backup. Industry jargon, PLBs, if you've ever heard anyone talking about them, I'm the sort of person that never knows jargon. (laughs) Personal locator beacons are basically a little electronic device and it tracks your location and you can set off an emergency response alarm on it and the cavalry comes rushing in. It's one-way communication. You can send a signal out. You can't receive anything in. Uh, They can be exe to buy, so it depends on how many adventures you're going to have. Just divide it by cost per use, I would say, to see if it's going to be good value. Otherwise... You can hire them from a lot of outdoor stores. Which is excellent if you don't know if this is going to be something that you use all the time. So that's PLBs. Of course, sometimes if you're somewhere, especially in the southwest, there's a good chance there's going to be phone signal. So you can check that. This is very true. And... And with that, you should always, we've spoken about this before, but you should always let someone who's not on the adventure with you know about where you're going and when you're expected to be back. So that if you don't arrive back by the designated time that you've told this person, they can also call in the backup. So the whole injury thing, yet again, stop, chill for five, think about what you're going to do and how you're going to fix it. The next fear that I hear people say is, oh, I don't have the gear. Now... I haven't had the gear for a lot of my career in the outdoors. For the first four years, I slept under a tarp while everyone else was getting around in their hyper ultra light hiking tents. Um, And I just made the most of what I had. Now, I begged, borrowed, uh, bought secondhand gear from Marketplace so that I knew what I wanted when I eventually got into... Uh, buying my own year. And now <laughs> he has a $400 tarp. <laughs> and you love it. Uh, but it's so true. Like when I got into stand-up paddleboarding, I didn't know if I, I was going to take to it. Uh, there weren't any available secondhand, so I found a really reasonably priced new one from my local shop. Yeah, and then I just took it step by step. I did a lot of research into it, made sure that it was going to be for my height and weight and all those things, and then bang, off I went. And then my gear increased after that, depending on what sort of stand-up paddling boarding I wanted to do. So there's nothing wrong with just going easy and making do with what you have around you before really investing. I would say the one thing don't skimp on is always your safety equipment. But, yeah, anything else you should be able to borrow from someone. Everyone knows an outdoorsy sort of person, so ask them if you can borrow some of their gear. This is a big one for me, Um, a barrier that I think a lot of people will probably agree with, fitness and expectations. So when you set out to do something, climb Bluff Knoll, climb up a rock wall in Willyabra, whatever it is, there's a lot of that actual physical ability holding you back because of what you can't imagine your body doing. Yeah, and this is, I've said it a couple of times, stop, take five, just take a chill pill. This is not a race. It's it's about the journey, not the destination. Having a discussion with the people that you're going into the outdoors with about the expectations 
if you're worried about your fitness level, you're worried that you might hold the group up, it's amazing how much having just a simple conversation of, hey, I'm worried about my fitness, and then everyone's okay with an extra five-minute break at the top of each hill that you climb. Rather than if you say nothing and say, oh, I'll be fine, I've got this, and then you are stopping and breaking all the time, you haven't told the people that that's what they're to expect and they might get a little bit grumpy with you, but having that conversation, making it really clear at the start, I think is what's best. And at the end of the day, we're in the outdoors to enjoy the outdoors. It's not a race. And check your ego on the way out of the door because when you're out there in the elements and people are going to come up and struggle with things that they didn't necessarily expect to and there is nothing wrong with talking to your mates and asking for help or understanding. So get that one out of your head. There is no place for ego in the outdoors. We (laughs) leave that for the studio. (laughs) (laughs) This is a massive one for most people, I would say, including Josh and I. Absolutely, we succumb to this all the time. The modern world... The responsibilities and drudgery of life. The rat race. The rat race. Yeah. And I think what we have discovered for ourselves, what works best for us, is that the outdoors time that we spend is important to us. And so we actually need to set time aside for it. So we actually block time out for ourselves. We put it in our calendar as if it's an appointment with the doctor, uh, Dr. Nature, and we'll give ourselves that permission where if someone rings or work says, can you stay an extra hour today? You check your calendar and you go, oh, no, I can't. Sorry. I've got an appointment. I'm about to go, you know, walk around Maiden's Reserve or whatever it is. And it's as simple as that. You know, we've said before that they're prescribing nature (laughs) to patients in Europe. We can do it to ourselves before we get to that stage. But if you're dealing with, like, stress and burnout, don't make trying to get out into the outdoors another thing that you think you're failing at because that won't help. It's just about carving out your slice of it as and when you can. But looking at where you're losing time, looking at where you're spending your money If time and money are the things that are stopping you, then where is your time and money going? Do you just need to readjust those goals? It's like when you do a budget for your bank account or a savings goal. You know, you look at where it's all going and you look at where you want it to go. It's the same with your time. So have a look at where you're losing your time and where you want to spend it. Get off the idiot box. Now, I think you've missed one barrier. What? And it is the biggest barrier, I think, and it overwrites all of these, and that's your own head. Laziness? Well, just all of these come from your own head. Get out of your own head. Take the step and just give things a go. Trust yourself that you'll be just fine and that you're going to really enjoy it. So how do you like that? No more excuses. We've rebuffed them all. Now if we could only take our own advice, Josh. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. Let's go for a snorkel at the hollow. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another week of Something Wild. Next week might be skills, might be caving. We've been threatening caving for at least six months now.
It's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> We've already got that episode researched. Although at this point, I would like to say if there's ever anything that you would like us to cover or look into or find someone to talk to about it, you can always email us, everythingsouthwest at listener.com.au. And, of course, that's listener without an E. So in the meantime, until our next episode, go and do something wild. Catch you next time. Bye. Listener Production.